Hi, everyone. Welcome to Two Voice Devs. I'm Alan. I'm Mark. And uh, we're here to talk about uh, the latest in voice news from a developer perspective. How are you doing today, Mark? I'm doing great. How are things uh, up in your neck of the woods? Not too bad. You know, uh, busy. A lot of, lot of different projects I keep playing with. Our conversation last week really got me inspired to try some new things and to play with them. Um, so, so that's been kind of fun. Uh, what have you been up to recently? Oh, this last week I've been doing a lot of stuff with uh, with quick links and custom task links, trying to figure those out. Uh, I don't know. Let's talk a little bit about what we did this last week, and then we'll get to our main topic, which is going to be about designing conversations and the tools that you can do across multiple platforms. Sounds good. Um, so, so I'll go. Yeah, I'll yeah, go ahead go. and kick it off. So this last week, last week we talked about uh, quick links, what they were, custom task links. Um, few corrections. So I've learned in this last week that they are not in preview. Uh, it is in a public beta. So there is no signing up. You can start uh, doing uh, quick links and custom task links uh, today if you want to. In fact, uh, this last week I was able to get my first custom task quick link out and been doing some experiments, uh, putting that out on different social media. Very cool. Uh, with, What's with the different response tracking been? links. What's the response been like so far? Lots of people have, have uh, appreciated the, the opportunity to look at it, have asked some questions. Um, over the weekend, I even experimented just you know, throwing them into a QR code, just thinking about different ways that you could present these, uh, these quick links. No, that's pretty clever. Yeah. I, know, I know in the past week, um, Google released their, one of their weekly or, or regular um, developer newsletters, and it included talking about action links. So, you know, everyone is, is really talking about these sorts of things. One of the things we tested and discovered was that I know that I said that action links no longer work with the new action builder. And that's not quite true. The, um, if, you, if you get the project ID, which you can still get, you can still build the links. And the, the invocation link works fine. The deep linking doesn't work, or at least we haven't figured out how to get it to work yet. So we're still playing around with it too. Yeah, on my side, it's interesting since I use Jovo as the primary development platform that I do, and that's for you know the cross-platform stuff that I want to be able to do with it. <clears throat> Turns out that you, in order to do uh, custom task links, you need to use the Alexa, Alexa Skills Kit Ask CLI uh, to do that, and there's a, a command for deploy. You know, there's three main parts of a of a you know, as far as when it comes to Alexa, there's the language model, there's the information that's going to appear in this in the skill store, and then there's the code behind the scenes. So, um, an ask deploy pushes it to all three of those, and you have to use ask deploy uh, in order to get the custom task links. Well, a lot of the tooling uh, like Jovo and other other tools are not based on on that uh, I guess coarse grained uh, deploy that does it all. There's also a part of the command line interface that uh, is called SMAPI, which is Skill Management API. Um, that's more fine-grained, so it breaks up the you know the big thing that you can do with deploy into in individual steps. Well, none of the custom task stuffs available with the SMAPI stuff, and there's a REST endpoint that you can do. So a lot of the tools are using this this API, and so then I had to try to figure out how to get it to work because I had to you know mm -hmm. do part of my workflow in Jovo and part of it go back to the SDK and and it worked, and then in some cases it didn't work, and it's just still learning. It's, uh, it's, it's you know, it's it feels like we're always still learning this stuff, which I think is is it's great in one way, and it's it's frustrating in another. Because you're like, I just want this to work. 
why can't this just work? Yeah, well, and then like uh, in the analytics things, I, I, there's a, a quick links entry now on my analytics dashboard for my skill. Um, and in some cases, nothing's showing up there or it's, it's, a, it's a, a lag. And, and I haven't seen an example yet where that, you know, we talked about the tracking, marketing tracking um, mm -hmm. parameters that you can pass. Um, on the Alexa side, it's um, A to Z underscore ref. Um, I haven't seen any indication that those are being thrown into analytics yet either. So hmm. at this point, I'm, uh, it's, uh, it's, it still doesn't seem like it's quite ready uh, yeah. for full use, but it's a beta. Now, I know on my end, I've been doing a lot of work the past week on uh, playing with a lot of, a lot of uh, different things. So I've been playing a lot with the interactive canvas and doing some, some fun creative stuff there and playing a lot with uh, the media responses. Um, which is always fun. I love the media responses, and we're going to be—I kn know we're going to be talking about these in some other future, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, future conversation we have because there are, there are interesting parallels between the two, and I really want to explore those parallels at some point. Um, so both of those are fun. I think what's been fun for me, and maybe this is the the lead-in to the rest of our conversation today, is I've been working with a, a designer on building a new uh, action and doing it through the actions builder, which is you know about a month and a half old now. And it's been interesting seeing other people's perspectives on how they wanna use the tool and how teams can use the tool and what conversation design looks like in this tool. And it's, um, it's been educational for me because you know, when I design something, I've got you know, things pretty set in my head how I want them to look and it's this nice dovetail between the conversation part and the response part and, and the, the back end logic and watching someone who focuses, you know, who comes at it from a conversation part first has been interesting and enlightening and that's been and educational and fun in a lot of ways. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy the conversation design side of things, but then to see somebody who, who has focused all the time that I, I do learning all the tech stuff and they're, they're doing that on the conversation side. You can, you can definitely see there's a difference. No, it's, it's really amazing to see, you know, just the, the attention to detail that a good conversation designer is applying to some of the conversations and how they want it to go. And, um, and even to some degree, how our terminology is, is close, but different enough yeah. that there can be some confusion. Um, but I, I, the more I work with a, a conversation designer, the more I appreciate the nuances of conversation design. Yeah, I, I have a huge respect for conversation designers, designers in general. Yeah. Uh, people that are able to, to focus on UI, UX, uh, whether that's been in the typical you know, web or you know, enterprise world or uh, now in voice. Just uh, can't speak uh, any more highly than you know, I hold them in the greatest esteem. So. Um, just uh, make sure that when you can include a conversation designer on your projects. So yeah, we talked about conversation, right? So yeah. um, what are the tools that we use from the development side of things? Uh, so we've got three main platforms we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Alexa and, and Google and Bixby. And um, I'll throw in some of my experience on, on how Jovo does things uh, because um, of the cross-platform uh, side of things. But um, I don't know, should I go first and talk a little bit about Alexa Conversations? Or well, do, so, what do you... so I think the, the big first, I guess the big first question I have yeah. about Alexa Conversations is 
it sounds like uh, the way it's it's pitched makes it kind of sound like it's this you write a script and we do the rest of the magic is that what it is uh, in some ways it is you you write a script and you annotate that script and then you run it through uh, machine learning and it does because in the end what you need is uh, you need utterances that map to intents and those usually have slot values and then that goes together to form um, a conversation unit you put multiple many of those together in turns and it turns into a conversation um, and so uh, it's a way of you know and the, the way that the Alexis uh, Amazon's talking about Alexa conversations is that with less development time um, then you can cover a lot more cases and make things a lot more conversational um, so I was involved in the beta before, um, you know, you know a, a year ago or something like that. Um, and, uh, and getting involved with that was about the same time that uh, I was looking into to Bixby. And so I, was, I knew that Bixby was trying to do things differently. Um, and I was wondering, was conversations kind of an answer to that? And, uh, and originally I was thinking it was going to be just a whole new way of doing everything. So any way that I coded conversations before was going to be gone and I was going to do it the new conversations way. And it was going to be a completely new paradigm that I would use everywhere. Um, and that's kind of how I thought about it going into it. And that's not how I see it today. Well, how do you, how do you see it today? What's, uh, <laughs> what, what is it? <laughs> so, yeah. So, like we said about uh, earlier, is it's about annotating scripts and it's about training um, Alexa to be able to um, generate those different combinations of uh, of intents and the utterances that map to those intents, so that you can have a good conversation. Um, early on, and this is you know way beginning of Alexa development. Um, I guess there's two different kinds of ways that you could code. Um, a conversation specifically when you're having a dialogue and you're um, collecting um, slot values to do something so let's say that you're going on a trip and you want to know what's the begin date what's the end date uh, where you want to go what type of activities you want to do and then all of those things combine together to you know accomplish some goal of doing an API call to give you a query of different destinations or flights mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. so um, one way that you could do that would be to handle all of the state management on your side as a skill developer. And as you're at, you know, once you go into that part of the conversation, you're set a state that you're in this information gathering stage and then keep track of what slot values you've uh, already asked for and gotten responses back. And then you're handling situations where, well, what if they give you, if they over, you know, give you information. So they give you, they answer two slots in one mm -hmm. response as opposed to one. And, and, and then when finally, when you're done, you might want to have some confirmations, you know, throughout the process, or maybe a big confirmation at the end, like this is the information that you want. You can handle all that stuff yourself in code using states and other, other tricks uh, to, to keep track of all that uh, and manage that. But then Amazon came out with uh, something they called dialogue management. And what that would do is that you could then pass it some information and say, this is what I'm trying to get, you know, this, for this one intent, these are the three slots that I'm trying to get. Mm -hmm. And it will, it will figure out um, asking you for those and it help you along the way. Um, what you're getting for that is um, in some ways, uh, 
simplicity, but what you're giving up is some of the control. Um, mm -hmm. and, and some of the, the, the interesting part of that is, is that typically inside your code, you would contact, you'd, you'd, you'd have some sort of a uh, content management system that would handle all your text to speech, whether that be prompts or, or other things. I think we're going to be talking about CMSs another time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know it's another big topic of ours. Yeah. So, but so, you know, something, whether it's a file inside your project or some external content management system, something plays the role of your content management system. And what, uh, one of the things you would give up as well is that you would have to define part of your text-to-speech inside of the Alexa developer console as far mm -hmm. as which questions and prompts and things you're gonna handle and part of them in this external file that you could then you know, send out to be localized. So that's, so for some of the ease of simplicity, um, then you're giving up some of the, you know, some, some of the other things like having all of your you know, text-to-speech in one file. Or, uh -huh. or one now, file. now let me just pause here because it sounds like that is actually very similar to the model that Dialogflow has been using. Yes. Is that you? You've got these what what Dialogflow called intents, and you were you were giving it training phrases and marking in those training phrases which slots you expected a training phrase to be filled, and you could also say which slots were required. And if it got some of the information but not all the information, it would then prompt for those additional slots. And you know if you wanted, you could have the replies directly as part of it, or you could pass it off to your webhook to do the the fulfillment part. Um, but yes, it also did have this problem of some things you were building into the intent to, to prompt with and other things you didn't, and it, it created a mess. And, and um, there started being questions like, well, what if I wanted optional slots to be filled? So, you know, the person could either specify an end date for their travel or the number of days that they wanted to travel. Yeah. And the answer is, well... You can't do that. Go back to the previous method of, of managing everything yourself. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like there were, were similar patterns between the two. Yes. So, um, so you could do it all on your webhook, um, or you could do it partly in the webhook, partly in Dialogflow or Alexa you mm -hmm. know, uh, console, uh, which in the end is going to be the Alexa service that's, that's doing some of that you know, slot um, eliciting slots and you know, gathering values and all that stuff. Um, so now conversations really is more what I would consider dialogue management plus plus. So it's even more giving up that control to Alexa to handle not only these are the intents and utterances, but you go figure out what all the intents and utterances and combinations and, and those things are. Um, and in the end, I'm going to ask you for this thing that I want to accomplish, and it's going to ask all the questions, and it could be in you know whatever order. Um, in some ways, it's going to let the conversation drive it. So like maybe if I start right off the bat and I'm talking about um, a place, um, then it's going to start asking questions that are going to fill in you know what like when do you want to go or what activities you want to do. If I start with uh, this is when I want to go it's going to fill in. So it's depending on where the conversation starts. Um, you know, if the user gives any information to start the conversation or just says start the conversation, then Alexa conversations figures out the order to ask things in. Okay. Um, and so, you know, you, but it handles all the different iterations that you could, because it, it, you think about it, it starts to get a little bit more 
complex, the more things you want it to do, the more information you're gathering. Right. Yeah. So, then, so, so I think yeah. one question I also have with that is what if the user tries to go back and tries to correct themselves? That, that is also something that is supposed to be handled in so the conversations, which is, is, is great. And, you know, thinking about handling those more complex things in code, it, mm -hmm. it does definitely get more complicated. Um, and, and, you know, hence why Alexa Conversations is a, is a great tool in those things that, um, that require it, right? So um, I, this last week I, I created a, a diagram of like when when would you use Alexa conversations and it, it, it generally it got some really good feedback lots of um, lots of people liked it some people were like well uh, you should be able to use conversations more and and, and um, so I I'm just going to go through the the different points of the chart and and we can talk about them as we go through sure so, so, uh, so we'll we'll bring the chart up here and uh, why don't you you kind of talk us through it quickly and summarize coming to some of these big points. Okay, I'll do it really quick. So number one is if you have an intent with no slots, no conversation, you're just, it's just a command response, no reason for conversations there. Also likely if you've just got one slot that you're filling in, you're just either ask for it um, and give the slot or you start it off and you're asked for the slot and you fill it. There's really not a lot that's happening. Conversations, um, doesn't need to be used there. And conversations isn't an all or nothing. You can have lots of intents that do things the standard way, and then some of them lead to Alexa conversations as well. It's not, it's not an all or okay, nothing. Okay, so that's good. So, so I mean, just from a, a quick glance here, it looks like you know this is great where I'm trying to gather a bunch of information and get to a, a point. So you can do use conversations for just that portion where I'm trying to. Yes, exactly. So like a sign-up form even where I'm collecting information, that would be a great place for it. Yeah, so whenever you're gathering hmm. things, um, another place I've, I've um, thought about it is like if you um, do a search and you get a thousand responses back, then maybe you can elicit some things like, well, well, like what kind of doctor do you want? What location, what zip code? You can use that to filter the, the, what would be a search. Then you could use conversations to uh, ask for additional filter criteria until you get down to a manageable um, you know something that you could you know give through you know a couple of pages maybe 10 results or less or something like that um, so that's another another use um, so the other two points on when you wouldn't want to use conversations is if you have a predetermined path you want a specific user experience you want things asked in a certain order or if you want complete control over the state that's going on and what the turns are, um, those that would be another case where you wouldn't want to. Now, cases where you might want to use that uh, Alexa conversations is if you have an intent with multiple slots. So once again, you could handle that multiple different ways. Conversations might be one of those ways that you consider, and uh, and and you might you might choose that. The dialogue.delegate, that's that dialogue management that we talked about. If you're already doing something with dialogue delegate, you might want to consider um, conversations if that's going to give you additional functionality. Um, if you want to keep the context from previous answers, because that's one of the things that conversations does. If that's all you want to do is like remember something that I just asked for this and then later on you say send me a text and then it sends you a text about that thing that you had just been talking about then you, you might need, not need conversations, that might be overkill. Uh, but if that's one of the components of the things you're concerned about, then that might be a good candidate for conversations. 
and I said shared code across multiple voice platforms. I, I'm trying to keep an open mind here. There is going to be extra work. If I do something in Alexa Conversations and I'm trying to do cross-platform stuff, I'm going to have to do something differently for Bixby. Maybe the same or different for Google as well. But there might be cases where that makes sense for that, uh, that uh, improved experience on uh, the one platform. It still might make sense to go ahead and use Conversations. So that's kind of the maybe category. <clears throat> We already talked about gathering slots across multiple turns or the search filtering, <clears throat> excuse me. But the, um, the main thing is, is if you've got something that's goal directed, if there's something that you want to accomplish at the end of a conversation, then that is the perfect uh, place to use Alexa conversations. No, that makes sense. So, so I think the, the one other question I have is what about um, conditional like uh, conversation flows? So, you know, if, if I choose uh, that I want to fly somewhere, that will, will require some additional sets of questions. Well, if I wanted to uh, drive somewhere, that's a different set of questions that may be required. Is that, does, can conversations handle those sorts of conditions? You know what? I'm not sure about that. I haven't, got, I haven't dug deep enough into that to know that if that's, uh, that's the case or not, or how you, how you would handle that. So. Mm. Okay. Now, yeah. it, I think this is interesting to me because one of the things that uh, that Google released with the Actions Builder um, is the Actions Builder kind of takes a lot of the concepts that Dialogflow had about slot filling and changes them just enough to make it a little bit more dynamic and a little bit more flexible. So previously we had this notion that an intent did everything. Not only did it contain uh, the phrases, it also contained you know, the, the slots and the prompts and all of that. Action Builder split that up into two pieces. So now you have this notion of a scene and a scene can contain slots mm -hmm. and it can contain intents and it can manage the slots to some extent. So if you say here are a bunch of slots and they're required, it's the scene that manages that. And instead of putting in hard-coded prompts, which you need to manage through Action Builder, you can say, go ahead and call the webhook to ask the next prompt or to validate these values that I just got in. And if it's not a valid input, say it's not a valid input and reject it. So it again, it, it puts a little bit more power there and also increases the balance between the two. And then if the user says something that's totally outside of what is being prompted for, you've got intents that can capture those expressions. So, you know, if the user says help, or what do you mean by this? You can handle that with an intent and, hand, you know, and, and change course or whatever. And while it's prompting at any point, if you, know, you can test what the values are and change course. So the conditionals are built right into that scene. The difference is, so, so you can use scenes to chain things together however you want. You know, so if you have a very linear flow, either you know do all of the prompts in that scene or change a bunch of chain a bunch of scenes together, um, or if you've got more complicated ones, send them off in different directions as 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 it best makes sense to you. Um, but it's not as uh, it, it's still ha you know you still are giving it sample you know sample phrases and it will inject some of its own. Um, and certainly when it comes to slot filling, I think it's, it's mostly looking for values of particular types to fill in. 
Um, but it doesn't seem as, um, I, it, it seems like it needs more of a conversation designer to shepherd the whole thing and plan yeah. it out than it sounds like conversations do. So, um, yeah, that, that might be true. I'm wondering how does, um, how do scenes compare to um, like typical state management? Because you could say I'm in this state and then now I've asked these things and I'm in another state. What's they are they are the state management. That's, that is it, the, that is the state management. In some ways, that's one of the things I really like about it is you can only be in one scene at a time. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what you end up doing in terms of con the conversation design part of it is how do I move from scene to scene to scene? What triggers that movement? And when I'm in a scene, what data do I need to collect to move on to the next stage? Okay. So it's very, very tied to to state man to um, it's a state machine. It fundamentally it's a state machine. And you so, define what the transitions are in between states. So before you just have to do all the state machine stuff uh, in your webhook, right? Yes and no. Dialogue flow actually had this concept of what it referred to as contexts. And that was a way to, that you could do state management. So a context would define what intents can be matched at a given time. So if you require a particular context, then only it, those, those intents will only be considered if you are in that context. Yes, intent context is a big sore point with me on Alexa. That is, I, did this, I did this post at the big, beginning of 2019 and says, 2019 is the year that we need intent context. And now we're already halfway through 2020 and we still don't have intent context. Dialogue flow intent contexts are beautiful. They are, they're incredibly powerful and they do a lot of things that they're also really, really easy to abuse. So one of the big, you know, almost all of the, I, I would say a good half to three quarters of the questions that I answer on stack overflow at this point have to do with somebody, you know, thinking that the context worked in a particular way and it didn't, or using what dialogue flow refers to as follow-up intents. So you can chain one intent after another. And the way dialogue flow does that internally is it sets a context and then uh, sets a, an outgoing context on the first one and requires that as an incoming context on the second one. So the questions inevitably turn into, well, how do I jump back up into the middle of this? And the answer is either I need to teach you a lot about context that you decided to, to ignore, <laughs> or you don't, and you manage it yourself. And the yeah. better solution is you manage it yourself. Yeah, so that's, that's one of the things, um, just kind of briefly for those who may not, you know, have a, I guess, a specific instance of, of when, what intent contexts do. On Alexa, all your intents are alive all the time, everywhere. So even if you're doing states um, to you know, handle a certain part of your conversation, you still might have to handle multiple intents because there could be collisions. So let, let's say an example, you know, typical yes, no. You know, yes is uh, a, an answer that you could give um, and you know, for a specific intent. Um, but if you're also having, you know, your, your skill is about music groups, and one of your favorite music groups is yes, then now you have to handle both of those 
in case one of them is triggered and not the other when you're asking who your favorite band is. And that usually comes into a situation when you're trying to do a, an utterance that has nothing except for the slot value. It has no anchor text before or after it um, to help the language model understand what you're really trying to say. So there are multiple times where I hit situations where, you know, like I'm gathering a number and maybe there's some reason why something else is, is being, you know, triggered like a, a time um, intent is being triggered when I really just want a pin number or something. Mm -hmm. there, so th there's, there's definitely pain points um, that would be great um, to be able to turn off or say this is a, definitely a higher priority or I'm in this certain situation to ignore now, these other intents. Now I imagine in code it also means that you know if at any given time it, you, it means you need to do extra processing so if you get a yes intent, you need to say, okay, did I, am I in a state where this makes sense? Yes. If I am, I need to do one thing. If I'm not, I need to give a generic, I didn't understand, what do you mean, yeah. type response. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, that is definitely one of the things that this handles well. And I think Action Builder kind of expands upon that by saying, you need to either explicitly define which intents are valid in a scene or you need to declare an intent as a global intent. Oh, that would be nice. And yeah, yeah, I like the idea of, of breaking things down into scenes, um, especially if that helps with the state management side of things, um, because then now you uh, are like in this in this particular part of the conversation. I'm only I only care about these three or four things. Mm -hmm. Don't don't burden me with anything else. I, I I think the other thing that I like about scenes is that or the way the split between scenes and intents. Yeah, it, it finally kind of uh, codifies something that I've been trying to add, you know, trying to to drill into people for a long time, and that's that intents represent what someone is saying, not what you're doing with that. So yes. you know, and a yes/no intent represents the the notion that they're saying yes or they're saying no. It doesn't represent, and it shouldn't represent, how you handle the fact that they say yes or no. That's handled yeah. somewhere else. Well, yeah, and. And, and uh, people who I guess haven't hit the same things that you know some of us who've been <laughs> doing this for, for you know pretty heavily for, for, for years, you know, a couple is, of it's years. like, well, can <laughs> we just do, yeah, you know, can we just do that with states? And you're like, well, okay, yeah. So if 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 I have ten different places inside my skill where I'm asking yes no questions, yes, definitely, I can have different, I can have ten different states, and I can know that you're saying yes to this versus yes to something else, not a problem. But when there starts to becoming conflicts and, and the more intents that you have, which means the more slot types and the more, then the more complicated it gets. So the more complicated your skill gets over time, then, then it's more susceptible. And the thing about language model changes is that you don't have any really effect in it. So if there's some basic built-in slot types or intents that you're using and you know, your platform decides to uh, tweak those or change those expand them yeah then 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 you have no idea when that happens it's not like they send an email out and saying hey we're adding these 10 utterances to xyz slot type uh, make sure that you test them it's just like oh now this thing's not working or um or the thing that was the conflict resolution where it was picking the thing that it was picking before now it's picking this other thing instead and you're like oh that's not what i want to 
Yeah. yeah, no, dealing with language changes is always tough. And I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk about that one again in the future. <laughs> um, but so, so the other interesting thing is, uh, well, first let's look at how does Bixby deal with, with these language design issues, I guess, the conversation design issues. All right. And, you know, so, actually, let me let me stop for a moment and say that yeah. it's kind of funny that we're two developers and we talk about how we, we talked earlier about working with conversation designers. And yet this is really the core of a lot of what we end up doing in conversation development, too. Yes. Is dealing with these these language tools. Yeah, no, exactly. It's um, it, it, it is interesting that uh, there are not more conversation designer um, specific tools that would then feed into this process. Um, there is still conversation development. Yes. So, so okay. how does, how does, how does uh, Bixby handle this sort of thing? Okay. So Bixby is, um, I'll, I'll do, I'll do my best to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair. I also did, you know, did this once with Bixby and I've forgotten a lot of what I did with it. So, all right. So Bixby use their, uh, Bixby uh, studio tool. There is this ability to train um, your, um, I, I guess, do training. So what's interesting about Bixby is that it is not a code first approach or like even an, an intent first approach. You start with a model. So you say, these are the things that I'm talking about. These are, in essence, these are the slots that I want I, to. I was going to say, and by model, we mean a data model. So, you know. Yeah, are... so we're talking about slots, entities, uh, these are the models. kinds of things I expect people to ask about, and these are the kinds of things I can yeah. return when people do ask about them. Yeah, so Bixby calls them concepts, but there's there's like, these are the things that I'm talking about. Um, and so um, generally, then you want to be able to, when you're talking about something, then you want it to, in the end, invoke some sort of an action. So you can kind of make a comparison about intents and actions that they could be the same or they could be similar. Um, but then um, as far as the action side on the Bixby, it's either running local JavaScript code, local meaning uh, local to your capsule or um, making an API call out to some, um, some webhook, right? To get the, get the information. So, the, the five skills, I'm sorry, the five capsules that I created, sorry, Bixby, everybody, <laughs> um, the five capsules that I created on, on Bixby, most of them were just very simple local ones. Uh, there are a few that made API calls, but what happens is that you do training that when the user says these certain things, then it maps to an action, passes that concept into the action, does the API call, comes back and, and gets that in there. Now, there is a lot more to the training. Like I, I have not even scratched the surface. This is like one simple case of how you would could train Bixby to get from a concept to an action, but you could also get um, like from a concept to another concept. There's there's lots of different things yeah. that you can do. So I feel like that 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 there's a lot that um, I don't know and haven't experienced um, yet with Bixby, but it's it's a lot more than the world of intents that we're used to. And, and I think that's one of the clever things about Bixby is that it really has this bigger notion of how do we access data and how can we, how does, how do we have this chain of accessing data and letting Bixby handle most of that and just kind of letting you ask it and it trying to figure out what, what's the output data and what chain of information do I need to get there? 
right. and maybe guiding you along the way if necessary. And, and, and I think that's clever, but it's it's alien to a lot of how we. Yeah, think it, about it. it is. It is harder to get your mind wrapped around because there are times when you are when you answered a question and it caches that for you. So now you're now you're now you do have this idea of of keeping a memory of of where you were. Mm -hmm. So then you you might you know hit something else and one of those uh, concepts have already been filled in so it only asks you for the other one it's um so it is definitely a lot different than you, there's one part of it that you can make it so it's like what i'm used to on the other platforms but other cases where i feel like it can do a lot more than i'm letting it do right now mm -hmm. now let's also talk about i know you are a big jovo fan Oh, and huge I, Jovo fan. And I, recent, I, I recently played with a tool called Narratory, um, oh. which does some interesting things as well that, that fits into our conversation. Um, so let me tell you about Narratory quickly. It's, um, if you're familiar with, um, um, uh, I can't believe I've suddenly forgotten it, the, some of the, the block language tools, like I want to say Sketch, this may not be the name of it. Somebody's going to ding me on what the name actually is from <laughs> MIT. Right. Let's keep um, moving. We'll just, we'll figure it out. We'll figure this one out later. Um, I will, yeah. Um, where you can essentially build blocks and move blocks into place and those blocks control uh, the, the program flow. What Narratory does is it kind of builds on top of dialogue flow and lets you write out these scripts using these kinds of blocks. And okay. say, you know, here's how, uh, so for this turn, here's what the bot is going to say. And uh, then we're going to accept this sort of thing. The user will say these sorts of things, and here's how the bot will reply. And, and building up turn by turn using these blocks and a block building set. Okay. And I can kind of see in one way how it ends up mapping to dialogue flow, even though I didn't explore that too much. But it also is literally closer to writing a script and saying at each turn, here are the things that I expect to take place. Here's the conversation that I'm looking for. Uh, and here's how we react to it. So it's more, they, they don't build themselves as code free, which I admire them greatly for. But they do say that, you know, this helps reduce how much code you need to write. Because a lot more of the conversation logic, that conversation flow, ends up being in these, this dialogue that you're building with it. Okay. Um, and it's an interesting tool. I, you know, I want to play with it more. Um, but I also wanted to toss it out there as, uh, as uh, I think in a lot of ways where some of this is going and um, certainly it, 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 I can certainly see the parallels between it and dialogue flow when where action builder was going. Right. Now talk well, about yeah. Jovo because I know you love Jovo. Oh, sorry. You yeah, a... no, I do. I do love uh, that. But while we're talking about uh, like no code tools, you know, definitely that's along the lines of what voice flow is doing. So they're taking advantage of all the different stuff um, that's available on the development side of things and putting a, um, a friendlier uh, front end onto it. Um, also, that seems to be the uh, route that uh, Skillflow Builder, um, that was something, a tool that uh, Amazon came out with for de designing kind of like choose your own adventure type things or, but uh, it's it's a, a tool where you can do a lot of the, the development or design work in a tool. And then my understanding is that it generates code and then you use that code to, to go. So uh, Jovo is definitely a developer's um, 
paradise, I guess. Um, <laughs> if you're if you're comfortable in Visual Studio Code or you know some code editor and you're doing uh, JavaScript and and you're wanting to do cross-platform stuff, that's where Jovo um, shines. It's got um, a great ability to plug in different platforms. You know, they started out with Alexa and Google. They've added Bixby. They've added all kinds of chatbots and other things. So now it's becoming more than just the typical, or I guess where they started, which was just a voice assistant only approach. They have a great ecosystem um, of plugins that you can you can develop and use. There's a whole marketplace. Um, so there is lots to like about Jovo. And I've, I've been using it for a couple of years now. And just I, I, when I first started, it was the Alexa Skills Kit SDK version one. And then they went to version two, which was a complete rewrite. So I had to relearn you know, something all over again. At that time, I had started with Jovo one and then Jovo two, which was a complete rewrite. So I've done this you know, a number of different times. Uh, but it seems like Jovo's in a good, um, good stride now. They're up to Jovo version three. What you end up doing, um, so I'll talk about Alexa and Google first because that's, that's, that's pretty easy to do, and then I'll talk about how they've added the Bixby support. Basically, there is some webhook that gets called. It could be a Lambda, it could be you know, whatever. That's hosting your, um, your Node.js code. And there is a request that comes in, which is the, the request that gets you know, passed off. It could be uh, on the Alexa side of things, it's the you know, what intent and slot values you've got. On the Google side, it could be here's the whole sentence that the person said, uh, plus what intent and other information. So Jovo determines what the, that request was. Was it Alexa? Was it Google? Was it Bixby? Um, and then as it goes through these different handlers, you can use common code across all the platforms, um, you know, if it falls into a certain, you know, standard. And I would say that's probably like the 70% case where you could probably do a lot of, um, you know, the same things mm -hmm. across platforms, maybe even more, you know, 70 to, to 90 or 100%, right? Depending but but on the big deal doing. is that it handles, you know, the, the little differences in, well, here's how the parameters are handed in versus, you know, here's yeah. how Alexa handles So if I'm getting time. like the user, like I, I want information about the user. Okay, well, it will figure out where in that request mm -hmm. the user ID is. And then I can use the, you know, DynamoDB persistent module and say, I want to save the user's information here and retrieve it again. And it worries about writing what you know the ID is for that and and, mm -hmm. and retrieval and and saving and all that stuff. So there's a lot of things that it does, but it's not it doesn't rely on this least common denominator that okay, well it has to be something that all the platforms do or you don't get it at all because then that would be not very useful soon out of the starting gate. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, in-app purchasing or what Alexa calls in-skill purchasing, completely different across the two different. Um, Platforms, how you get access to the time zone uh, is completely <laughs> we different. We will definitely talk about that one another time. Yeah, I just had to tease you a little bit about that. Um, so there's just lots of different ways. So then in those cases, you can say, if this request is an Alexa skill, then run this block of code. If it's Google, then, then do this. Mm -hmm. Or you can even say, this particular intent, run this if it's Google, run this if it's Alexa. So there's lots of things that you can do so that it makes your job a lot easier. So even if I'm going into a situation and I'm only developing for Alexa to begin with, it's always in the back of my mind that you know, this customer might very well want a Google Action soon. Mm -hmm. And so 
So you know, I, I, I do it in Jovo and, and then that just saves us a lot of effort. Um, and then we just have to worry about the differences when it comes time to, to do multi-platform. So I, I have two questions on Jovo and everything I've seen about them, I, I, I really admire. Um, the first is, so it still means that you need to build all of your conversation stuff outside of Jovo. Um, well, well, I, I guess, well, well cause it, it's, you've got your webhook, you've got state management, which makes easy. So, so no, so I just do it all in the webhook. I don't, I don't do it in dialogue flow. I don't do it in dialogue management for Alexa. I don't, so that would be where you would have to then say, if you're in this situation and you want to run conversations for this intent, then you would need to say, if it's an Alexa skill, then kick off this conversations. But if it's uh, Google, then do it this other way. Hmm, okay. Um, so yeah, so I, I very much um, have stayed away from those things that would, uh, I, I guess if I, if I could prove that it's going to, to really increase the, improve this, this quality of the skill, then I'll do it. But in most cases, um, it's good enough to just do it all in code and then I can have that be the same across all platforms as well. Okay, and I guess the, the second is for responses, um, I know, what, what is, uh, I guess, what is the traditional way that they say to send back a response and how do you integrate it with the CMS? Well, so. I assume there's a CMS module. Let's start with that. There are different CMS modules. So where you could store things. Um, so you could either at the point in time where you're building the response, um, they have these helper functions for, I, I want a response that is going to keep the session open and therefore needs to end with a question or a prompt or this is going to be a response and then it's going to end the session. So that's an ask versus a tell. Um, so there's helper functions that you can use for that. Um, and then um, a lot of the things are the same because in the end you're just gonna re reply back with uh, SSML. So at that point in time, you could call out to your own content management system or they've got it built in where you could um, call locally it, and this is where I do it a lot of times um, is just a single JSON file for each mm -hmm. language that I'm going to do, but then I can use all of those coming back. And that's where I would throw in something like speech markdown because now I don't have to worry about, uh, you know, the response coming back being one versus the other. It, it determines which um, platform I'm on for my response and it's going to format my speech markdown into the appropriate flavored SSML for the response. Okay. So, so that's that. And you're still wondering about Bixby. I haven't got to Bixby yet. I'm, I'm, I, I am, but I'm also looking at how long we've been talking. <laughs> oh, man. How long have we been talking for? A, long, a while. <laughs> oh, this is so much fun. Okay. I, I, that's, that's the problem with these. Is... All right. I will do really quickly on Bixby. So on Bixby, what I've started doing on uh, this, since Bixby's been added to Jovo and on the new, uh, a new game that I'm working on that, that is cross-platform, then um, I treat the action side of Bixby as um, URL calls into my webhook that relates to a specific intent. So then I do my um, actions that are gathering concepts and then the action that, that gets called on the Bixby site is really a call into the same webhook, the same code that I have for mm -hmm. my other one. So then I can use a lot more of the same things across all three platforms. There, that was pretty quick. Okay. So yeah, no, the problem with, with this conversation is we really can keep just on, on going and going and going. Yeah, we could, this is, this is a lot of fun.
Um, but I think we'll have to, to table some of this for next time and the time after that and the time after that. So uh, right. it has been fantastic talking with you as always, Mark. Yeah, I've, I, like I say, I've learned a whole bunch of things uh, again from you and just this is just a great opportunity to, to share and to learn. So thank you. Uh, thanks everybody thank for, you. for listening and watching. Appreciate it. Thank you everyone. We're Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs.